0: what is up everybody back again for another episode of the fan section and right on cue podcast we are i'm Alan, that is Tyson. we are your hosts um this is going to continue off the part one episode of episode 50 which is talking about all the traditions uh all the players our top 50 favorite things, basically, of college sports. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys so much for the comments. Thank you so much for the podcast reviews as well. Um, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I'm just going to dive right into it in the first player, um, which isn't really a player at all. It's actually going to be a tradition called Paternoville It's <laughs> Penn State. Yeah, oh. so um, this tradition started when Penn State got to uh, – it was a first-come, 1st serve basis for the – I think it was the Penn State-Ohio State game, and they – ever since then, kids have been camping out and they've camped out for like the entire, like since like Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, they got their tickets, you know, Friday night, but it's called Paternoville and it's just a camp site in in front of the stadium where, like, the ticket sales are starting. So I still think it's kind of funny that they still do this, like, even though kids now can get season tickets if yeah. they choose to, a you know, part of their tuition or costs or whatever. Well, that's a but, tradition. Yeah, it's a
1: tradition they just carried on. I and thought it was and not, so it's been – So like, basically, basically, basically it's like a three-day <laughs> tailgate. Yeah, <but> it, which <laughs> – you know what? Do your thing. Yeah. Whatever. What awesome. do you got, man? Awesome tradition. <laughs> um, okay, how about the only, still to this dwell, in the modern college football era mm-hmm. – the only primarily defensive player to ever win the Heisman Trophy, uh, and that was in 1997, Charles Woodson, defensive oh, back for Michigan. A good now. A lot of people hear that and they go, "Oh, you know, he was primarily defense." Well, I mean as as we both well know, I mean he was returning no, kickoffs for touchdowns, punts for touchdowns. He also at a, at a point in his junior year, he was playing something like somewhere between 5 and 10 plays on the offense mm-hmm. each game. He was just a stellar, fantastic player. Uh and then obviously, like I said, won the 1997 Heisman Trophy that same year the last time Michigan won the national championship. It yeah. Woodson
0: did it all. Like, Mm -hmm. literally, he was Mr. Everything, and he rightfully deserved the Heisman. He was mainly a defensive player, obviously, yes, that's what he was known for. But he was actually known, I think, as a specialist. Like, he'd be Mm -hmm. a specialist in
1: today's game. Mm -hmm. He really would be. Um, Oh, a lot of people forget, though. you remember who he beat for the Heisman that year? No. Tennessee.
0: Peyton Manning? Peyton Manning (laughs)
1: was second in the voting that year. Can you imagine that? Good
0: God. Well, you know, both... Both totally top players mm-hmm. in like, you know, their era for sure. And Woodson went on to play like just as long as Peyton Manning did. Oh, both Hall of Fame careers worked, yeah. for sure,
1: mm-hmm. like twenty years in They're the b- NFL. B- both those guys, college football and pro football Hall of yeah. Fame, no question oh, yeah. about
0: it. Oh yeah, um, this one is actually a fun one for West Virginia fans. Take me home, country roads. So um, it's a classic one of the signature John Denver, John Denver made this song um, with. He, I don't think he was a West Virginia fan, like the college fan at all. I just think he just it was a catchy tune. He started singing it. After it's released in 1971, West Virginia obviously adopted it as its third main song. So, oh, yeah. Take Me Home, Country Roads, West Virginia,
1: you know, it's got – every. it's, it's key. Like, basketball, football, <laughs> after every game, right? It's as everyone's leaving. Every bar. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I mean,
0: yeah, it's, it's just a great – Great song, and it fits West Virginia perfectly.
1: Well, let me tee you up with a uh, with a tradition here mm. that I I love, but I'm I'm not a part of really, and that's the world's biggest cocktail party, oh, yeah. the Florida Georgia. Isn't that typically in
0: Jacksonville? It is in Jacksonville. Yeah, it's in Jacksonville, Florida. It's played. Actually, I think in two years they'll be. They couldn't reach an agreement with the stadium, so there will be a home and home.
1: They could with
0: the Jaguars. What they couldn't reach, reach an agreement with them um, for whatever reason. So, yeah, but that's it's up in the air that two years from now they'll be they'll do a home and home, which will be still insane. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine? Oh, jeez. Uh, it's basically like a home game for for Florida anyway. You know what I mean? Like, but Georgia does Georgia faithful does travel
1: really well, well. and between the hedges. At Georgia is is oh, an it's awesome so tradition. That's a tradition in itself. Florida yeah. the being the swamp, the swamp and the Gator Chomp.
0: Yeah, uh, and then Todd Gurley doing the Chomp Stop. <laughs> like that was yeah. So that right there, the rivalry between the two schools is one of the greatest rivalries I think in college football, next to Ohio State, Michigan, next to CSU, Wyoming. I
1: just can't believe, and this this is a side note from this. Uh, show, but mm-hmm. how Jacksonville is just so poorly managed; they can't do anything right. <laughs> I just don't get it. Hey, look, I mean, they, I, I mean, I'm not trying to be biased, but I think they did right with their first overall pick this year. But I'm not just saying, <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, Trevor Lawrence. We'll see what we'll but, see what he but does. I mean, but you're right.
0: Yeah, the town itself, this it, sports wise it doesn't make any sense. Um, but I will give you this one. We'll go to a live mascot here. Bevo the 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 Longhorn mm-hmm. from Texas, I think is one of the coolest. And actually, those of you that don't you know that aren't Georgia fans and might be Texas fans understand that that Bevo charged Ugga and that same because of that, the Texas won the, the bowl game, which is cool, and then you know, you have the traditional word back, and then the next year they only win like seven games. Yeah. But that's fine. The point is that Bevo, I think, is still one of the coolest live mascots ever, because like it's just really cool to see a gigantic horned animal. Yeah. Personally, um, but yeah, and the mascot started out in 1916. It was purchased by alumni,
1: and it was given to the school after that. Um, out, out, outside of awesome. outside of Bevo, the longest standing tradition at Texas is we're back, and then by week five, they're four and three. Oh, sorry. Yeah. They're. Yeah. That's the or, longest standing tradition in Austin. Or Matthew McConaughey standing on the sidelines now <laughs> teaching, which is really cool, too. You know, it bugs me, personally, and maybe I have no f- foot to stand on because Colorado's terrible at football right now. <laughs> but they always say, oh, you know, well, Bebo's bigger than Ralphie. No. Well, this current Ralphie. I guess the newest Ralphie is a lot smaller. You saw that last yeah. year. But but the previous Still Ralphie, past. Ralphie 4, it was almost 2,000 pounds. Bevo's not that big. No.
0: No, no, no. No. And... I people are like, well, why do their? Li- I think live mascots are they need to stay in the game. Oh, personally. absolutely, like, yeah. You can't take them away. I mean, you have one that I'll bring up a little later on. You know what I mean? Like uh, I've got, I've actually got like four or five that I'll bring up. You know, well,
1: and they it's a common misconception. These animals get treated better than any animals in the world. Oh yeah, I mean they like they have a huge pasture out there for Ralphie, and they, like they literally pull him out of the pasture one day a week. Yeah. Other than that. Her, I mean, other than that, she has free reign out there, all the food, anything she could possibly want. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, anyways, I just, I think that that's kind of a fake argument. I agree with you. I think think the live animal mascots are awesome. I think it's just a part of sports. I think I know some of the ones you're going to mention. Yeah. Especially in the SEC, they do a great (laughs) job at this. They do. They do. And one of them is obviously the War
0: Eagle. Uh, I think that the fact that... I'm I'm not a fan of Auburn at all as a Georgia fan, mm-hmm. but I really do love this tradition. Nothing gets you and there's been a couple times where I've watched you know, I've watched Auburn because they played before Georgia, but you see the eagle fly yeah. through the stadium and then land on the 50 yard line. I think that is one of the coolest things yes. and the most iconic. No things. question, especially as it. like an American, you know what I mean? Like you, oh, just, yeah. the eagle represents so many mm-hmm. different things to different people. And War Eagle, I still. Why are you Tigers? <laughs> why not just change it? it doesn't make sense to me. You don't have a tiger. Like just be the, just be the Auburn Eagles and Auburn War Eagles. Just change the name. Tiger's like the most common team name in college sports. Yeah. But at the same time, your mascot is not, I mean, it's, it's seen as a tiger, but your mascot is
1: really the War Eagle. I think, (laughs) and maybe you guys can let us know in the comments. doesn't make sense to me. uh, uh, If you know, (laughs) but my guess would be they were the tigers before this tradition began. Oh Yeah, they were for sure. And then, and, then you know, I think they probably should change it. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it's
0: never a bad thing. I mean, like Stanford, they should change their mascot to a tree. They really should because they yeah.
1: have nothing to do with the cardinal. Like, well, it's, a, it's <laughs> supposedly it's the color cardinal. It's not the bird cardinal. But their mascot's a tree, and it's like a, it's like a nasty. Do you know the story behind it? Rabid tree you... with like no, no. It? The story behind it is actually the
0: band needed a mascot, and they voted on it being a tree to stand out. And it was between that and the sandwiches. <laughs> and the band. So the band came up with the, – the tree is actually the band's mascot. And the band voted between sandwiches and
1: trees. And tr- the tree won. Yeah, so the tree has been there ever since. Speaking of Stanford, though, how about the <laughs> tradition of the Stanford band? Mm. And, and the – maybe – it's it's called one of the greatest games of all time, but that Cal Stanford game. Yeah. With that last minute, they had the kick the squib kickoff and they pitched it four and five times. Cal did, right? And Stanford fucking of the game. Stadium. And you can hear <laughs> the announcer saying, the, the band is on the field. <laughs> and this Cal on. player is <clears throat> navigating, navigating. And then right as he gets to the end zone, he jumps up and he just stone cold Steve Austin's this like trumpet player in the end zone. Oh my gosh, what an incredible story uh, that is. I love so
0: they're yeah. I love the bands. Like and the cool thing about like for those of you that don't know, the band only has one job and that's to support the football team. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. They travel with them. They they have competitions throughout the year, but they're like they travel and they have a way and like we even saw AM. Like mm-hmm. they had the what was it? The they had the cheerleaders, but they had the, the cheer they're called cheer something. Mm-hmm. i think they're called the cheer captains and they're a bunch of dudes and they're like literally they're with the band and their job is to hype up the crowd yeah yeah so it was i just think it's one of the coolest traditions too is like every band has its own name like uga has the red coats you know what i mean like so like they just the the ability that they get a chance to you know you you correlate football with the band and the every touchdown they play their song uh-huh. and it's it's Nothing hypes you up more
1: as an opposing player away, hearing your song in their stadium, like. and, and no place is the band on more display than at the HBCUs, Grambling, yep. Southern. Mm. They actually will have, you know, co- I mean, fans. They'll will have, have drumline yeah. competitions mm-hmm. so like mm-hmm. in the middle of the field at yeah, halftime. Yeah. Halftime is game time for a lot of those yeah. guys. Yeah, I for think, sure. By the way, I think with Deion Sanders, with some of these coaches. He called out BIM. I'm <laughs> telling you, I think I think HBCUs are on the rise now. Maybe. I, I think you maybe. might – might. so James Madison is now joining Division I uh, FBS football this year. What conference? Uh, I, They might be independent. Oh, okay. Uh, Sunbelt, maybe. I can't remember yeah, exactly. Yeah. But – um. And they're whatever they're storied program. They've, yeah, for we've sure. Won like for sure. Five Just like Wofford.
0: Wofford is a storied program
1: too. But I think I wouldn't be surprised if you see some of these HPCUs starting to get into FBS. You know, what? that'd be awesome. Yeah. They, they honestly, I think I think Grambling State should be a part of it mm-hmm. personally. Um,
0: That's a massive they,
1: rivalry, Southern yeah. and Grambling, by mm-hmm. the way, they, going all the way back. Eddie Robinson, the, one of the greatest college football coaches of all time, mm-hmm. the longtime Grambling head coach. Yeah. Let me bounce back though to yeah. a. A stud standout player who left us far too soon, and that's where Sean Salam mm. passed a few years back. All time greatest running back in Colorado history, in my view, and probably most people's view, from 1992 to 94. In 94, he had 2,055 yards, which was at the time the fifth most in a single season all time. Mm. Had 24 touchdowns. Uh, the Buffaloes finished third in the country that year, and Salam brought home the Heisman. I mean, one of the greatest – He's probably I'm the greatest biased. Buffalo, I think, football player. Possibly. Buffalo. There's a handful of Cordell Dick, Stewart, Dick Anderson. Um, no, I don't think Cordell Stewart's in the conversation. Oh, on that list? No. Dick Anderson, some of the older yeah. – in modern in the modern era, Rashawn Salam yeah. for sure. Okay. But then you also got like tight ends, Daniel Graham. Yeah. It's, you know, so, I mean, But I'm the, saying like the great – I mean – he won a Heisman. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's the P pe- Eric Biennami finished third in the Heisman. Biennami's the
0: solid too, but I, I, yeah, I think when you think of Colorado, I mean, even Chris Brown, Chris
1: Brown of Chris finished Prana. third, didn't he? Chris, nobody has backhand slapped Nebraska harder ever <laughs> than Chris Brown did. When Nebraska came to Colorado, I think it was 2001, yeah. they're number one in the country. Big Colorado was chance. like seven. And, uh, and, and it was the black shirt, the vaunted black shirt defense, their quarterback, Eric Crouch won the Heisman trophy that year Mm -hmm. and they come into Boulder. They think they're going to roll us. They're on their way to a national championship matchup with Miami and boy, Chris Brown drops six rushing touchdowns on him. Colorado beats Nebraska 62, 36 goes on to avenge their loss in the big 12 championship against Colt McCoy or not Colt McCoy. Yeah. Uh, no, against Chris Sims and Texas. Yeah. And then we get to Fiesta Bowl, the the third-best team, by record-wise, in the Big 12, Mm Nebraska— goes to the Rose Bowl, and just gets mollywhopped get by murdered. Miami. Yep, oh, get just gets rocked. mollywhopped. <laughs> I remember 2001. I remember because I went
0: to school with um, one of the one of the sons of – well, actually, there was two sons, but Coach Watson, the mm-hmm. offensive coordinator at the time. Mm-hmm. And he. they were talking about like – I was just like – so because I was like, oh, this is cool. Your team is awesome. Tell me about it. You know what I mean? They're like, Chris Brown's the man. And I was like, okay, cool. So
1: it, it was a lot yeah. of fun. It was a lot yeah, of fun. I mean, that, that team, you had Daniel Graham. two You had two uh, – Linemen who went in the first round of the NFL draft: Mm -hmm. Andre Girard and Victor Rogers, Chris Brown. Matt McChesney was on that team. Matt McChesney, Bobby Purify. I I I might be misremembering timeframes here, but I think maybe like uh, Tedrick Thompson. Was Joel Klatt on that team? No, Joel Klatt was after. He might have been a freshman. Actually, that that might be the starting quarterback was Bobby Pesavento. Yeah, it was Craig Oaks. Excuse me, at the start of the year, Mm -hmm. and then he had some injuries, but also was terrible, and so then Bobby Pesavento comes in. Yeah. So kind of under the rate, kind of like with Stetson Bennett and yeah. JT Daniels, yeah. where everyone thought it would be JT Daniels. He's yeah, in West Virginia now. Wasn't Bennett a walk-on? Bennett is a walk-on. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Well, not anymore, but yeah, yeah. he's a walk-on. Yeah. Unbelievable. It oh, was.
0: Yeah, uh, it's cool. I mean, it just shows to show you you don't have to be a five-star player to, to dominate. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. The, the, the rabbit hole that we were basically saying is you know there's still a lot of tradition in a lot of some of these other schools that you wouldn't think of. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, and and speaking of tradition, the this one is actually I've experienced it personally on firsthand because LSU's famous tiger food, Mike, the tiger. So LSU has, let's go back to live mascots. Um, they have a live tiger in a cage and they actually put the tiger in front of the away locker room. So, and they put him there on purpose because it's scary to see a tiger just walking back and forth and they don't feed him before you get there. Like they don't feed him. (laughs) They want him to be (laughs) rabbi. So he's hungry. So he's hungry and he's staring at you and he walks by. And I've, I've experienced this. It's, it's it's actually really scary. Yeah. Like it's it's a tiger. You know what I mean? Tigers like, are big. This guy's it, he's huge. Um, so and and the fans line up and they're shouting tiger food. <laughs> as you walk into the like they 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 just they know the time you're gonna get there. They line up and they shout tiger food. I think it's one of the coolest traditions, but also one of the scariest traditions ever. You know what I mean? Like yeah. But yeah, he's he's caged. He's can't get out. I
1: promise. But. And also, I mean, look into it. I'm sure he's very well taken care of. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he gets
0: stakes every day. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, let, let me uh, let me digress into mm. another sport here. How about women swimming? Oh, yes. One of the greatest to ever do it. Natalie Coughlin. I know you followed her I Olympic career Tom. closely. Love but her. at Cal, 61-0 record in dual meets, 12 NCAA titles. One of the greatest Dominant. to ever do
0: it. Dominant, absolutely. Uh, I, I think Olympians get overlooked. Because a lot of them don't go to college. I mean, you had the Jeremy Bloom scandal, right? Like, Jeremy Bloom mm-hmm. was one of those athletes that, unfortunately, was told because he was an Olympic athlete, he was technically pro in a sport. He couldn't compete yeah. in the NCAA anymore. So, like, a lot of Olympic athletes didn't go to college. Now we're starting to see that kind of turn. Coughlin was one of them that Cal just – I mean, she's an Olympian athlete. Yeah. She, she's Olympian. She's going to dominate regardless. Yeah. But still, it's, it's – I think you can't take away that part of somebody's life. Like – Yeah. Especially it's if it's not, not your,
1: the same sport. Exactly. It's not your fault that you're you're really is, good at eighteen, nineteen. This is just old. continuing in a long tradition, maybe the most uh, story tradition mm-hmm. is the NCAA just completely blowing the all of these situations. Yeah. NCAA is terrible; they it's a cartel, handle... in my opinion. But that's yeah. just
0: me. They haven't had they haven't handled the NIL situation all really well
1: either. Oh, I no, mean totally. from the from the death penalty at SMU, mm-hmm. which was a way overreaction. Oh yeah, and then they pulled back, and then they're trying to get oh well, you know Maurice Clarette sold his jersey to somebody for seventy bucks. Mm-hmm. Let's you know let's disqualify. It's like come on, yeah, it doesn't. Or let's take the Heisman for Reggie Bush even though that his yeah. stats say he was the greatest player of, of that
0: course, season. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a whole, we could do a whole episode about <laughs> all the things the NCAA is. Completely... Yeah. We'll call it that. We'll call it the bashing NCAA. Yeah. Um. But the, and another fun tradition though, that actually I think is actually going to be, I I'm a little mixed on this one. I don't know if it's still allowed. Mm-hmm. I think it is. I think they still do it at home games, but I for in 20 2010, they had a one year agreement saying that they couldn't have him in the stadium anymore. Mississippi State cowbells. They're synonymous. That's what you think of. So, in the 1940s, a cow wandered on the field during the game at Ole Miss, (laughs) and they ended up, Mississippi State ended up winning that game. Ah. So, to honor that, ever since they've had cowbells. And it's, if you've heard a cowbell, one is fine. Forty thousand is just utterly impossible. It's like the, it's like the boobaloo, yeah. yeah. uh, yeah.
1: from uh, voozayla, yeah, 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 the, yeah, from
0: that, from We're that yeah, yeah. It's like that. It's just a th- and it sounds like a thousand flies <laughs> flying around. The bell doesn't sound like flies, but it's just it, you can't pinpoint the sound. It's just horrible. <laughs> like, oh. but nothing as a Mississippi State fan hype show up more than a bunch sure. of cowbells, right? I bet. So, but here in this says in in two thousand ten there was a one year agreement that allowed fans to bring their bells from back in. So I don't know if that's still tradition started it back in 2010, hmm. but cause every now and again, you see when they, when Mississippi state gets the chance to host, like um, what is it? The ESPN's Kirk curve street. Oh, game zone. Day, yeah. College, they, they day. make There's people with cowbells yeah. behind them. So, you know, I, I still think it's one of the coolest traditions, like sound wise, I hmm. think it's awesome, but it drowns out the band, which is even cool. <laughs> that's
1: like every, I don't know, decade, 15 years, the SEC guy, but it seems like every <laughs> decade or 15 years or whatever, Ole Miss and Mississippi State are pretty good at the same time. Yeah, and then they kind of both disappear for mm-hmm. a while. But but this when, year they this year I think they're going to be really good. But you think Mississippi State's going to be better? I think Mississippi is going to be back. Not not like I think they're going to be an eight win team. Well, they, they return a ton of which talent, is good. and yeah. they're actually, a lot of people see Mike Leach, and they mm-hmm. think, oh, you know, uh, they think Texas Tech, Washington State, they're no, going to throw different the ball all over. Different different, different coach. Now. It, it, kind of surprising, they actually have a pretty good defense. That's what I'm saying, I yeah. think they're going to be pretty, I think they will be a lot better than people and, and And Ole Miss gets Jackson Dart in there mm-hmm. to, re, five-star recruit to replace Matt Corral. Yeah. I, I think, I think they might be a It'll little be bit better. It'll be an exciting game, mm-hmm. we'll put it that
0: way. Like, the rivalry might be officially, like, close, which is good. What do you got? Yeah,
1: I got, how about college hockey? I I just did that episode last, a couple weeks ago uh, with uh, my brother Brad. Go go. College (laughs) hockey, yeah. Uh, But how about Chris Drury? Boston University, he played there for three years before Mm. being drafted into the NHL. Three times. Defensive player of the year wow. in the entire country. Led Boston to the national championship, I believe it was 1995. Uh, hats off to Chris Drury. Uh, obviously went on to be a phenomenal NHL player. Isn't he a Red Wing? Didn't he play for the Williams? I believe he played yeah, for the Red Wings. Well, yeah. Nope, can't ever like a Red Wing. He was on those teams out. with like Iserman and yeah. like all those yeah, guys.
0: Yeah, Iserman, Osgood. You had... Um, what was yeah. that goalie's name? Like Osgood. Chris Osgood. Him and Patrick Watt fought at center ice. That's why. Yeah. Not, nope, <laughs> yeah. nope. 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 Not a fan. Uh, But I, to piggyback off this, I will say that I think one of the coolest tra- – it's not a tradition. It is a story in USA Olympic hockey. 1980 was all college kids. Miracle on ice. They beat the Czech Republic. Mike Rizzione with his famous goal of running around the, the the ice, going that. But that was, that's all college kids. UMD oh, Bulldogs, yeah. Maryland, Boston College. Um, the coach had just got done coaching and winning a an national title. You know what I mean? And, and college.
1: And for the first time in probably, I don't know, 30 years maybe, where, mm-hmm. this last Olympics, Winter Olympics, yeah. all college players again. Which I thought was the amazing. NHL would refuse to let them go. And they did really well. Like They actually competed. Mm-hmm. People were like, they're not going to –
0: it was kind of like a repeat almost. I mean, had they won the gold medal, I think there would have been a movie on it. So, like, I, so
1: I didn't realize this until <laughs> I was doing that episode a week yeah. and a half ago or whatever. But imagine this. Byers was on that team. Imagine this, okay? You are You start your college season. You play 10 games, whatever. Mm-hmm. Then you leave your college team. They keep playing. But you leave, go play in the Olympics in the middle of the season. Then you come back for the end of the season. That's nuts. Crazy, right? That's
0: crazy. crazy. I mean, that, but that's awesome. That's what a lot of the pros do. I mean, mm-hmm. and I think it's. Sh- I think honestly, like I think once you make it to the pro level, I think you should have a two year minimum. Like you can't compete within your first two years. Like if it's your rookie and sophomore year, you can go and play in the Olympics, but after that, you can't. Mm. I think just to keep it that age, so that there's you- always an eight. There's always an eighteen to twenty five year old
1: gap. Well, there's hockey's be cool. weird too, with scheduling wise, mm-hmm. because like I remember two years ago, I think it was maybe two or three years ago. They had ago, to stop. Cale, well, 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 but this was, I mean, 2019, so yeah. before COVID or whatever. But the college season, first of all, the draft is three quarters of the way through the college season, yeah. the NHL draft. Yeah, then McCarr. they Then they have the Frozen Four, uh-huh. and then Cale McCarr went from the Frozen Four. Like a week later, he was starting His for the very Avalanche. first game in, the in a playoff,
0: playoff game. Yeah, and he scored a goal. I know. <laughs> That's when he knew he was going to be a unicorn. That like, is weird, like, yeah. is are the same
1: thing. Yeah. Yeah, from, from the Pios. Um, how about, how about uh, and I, I want to oh, spin this off into yes. a question for you, but how about one of Arizona's greatest oh, chosen daughters? Jenny Finch played at uh, Arizona Wildcats, obviously one of the greatest – Uh, women's softball Mm -hmm. uh, pitchers of all time in college, and then obviously went on to have a very storied Olympic career. Oh, very, very. So she, you could argue that she was a part of the the USA
0: team that got softball eliminated from the Olympics. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because USA, had they had, like, this streak of, like, it was, like, 300 games that they hadn't Mm -hmm. lost. And it was just, like, USA, and it was... That was it. It was like USA. Oh well, we're gonna lose by
1: fifteen today. You know, what I, like they were mercy ruling countries. Yeah, but do like, you? But that. No, I don't feel they, bad for them at all. Like I know, but then they removed. This is my question to you: is they've removed softball from the Olympics? It's now been a couple. I think two or three, yeah. maybe three, two Olympics, Summer Olympics since mm-hmm. then. They should bring it back,
0: right? They, oh,
1: a hundred percent. Yeah, because you
0: you grow up and and so this is what I'm not trying to be like sexist, but as a female, there's only so many sports you can play, Mm -hmm. right? Softball, soccer. This is why women's soccer is so dominant because those are the two, I mean, basketball, you know what I mean? WNBA, I'd put, I'd put the USA team. I'd put USA women's teams up against anybody in the entire world. And I know that they would flat out Mm -hmm. dominate because they, they, they pour their heart and soul into these teams and their seasons. And Mm they say, this is what I want to be when I grow up. And it's, I think it's, if you're eliminating the Olympics, a lot of a lot of women grew up playing softball to make it to, to the Olympic them, team. Right. Like right. that was their goal. That right. was that was their professional sport. Yeah. And you take it away and I just I can't. Well, here's agree my, with it.
1: Here's my problem with it is you had a similar dominance, mm-hmm. like with the dream team, 1980, yeah. 84, uh, eighty eight, men's basketball, right? Mm-hmm. Where they just stomped. I mean, you have Magic Johnson, Larry Oh, ben, yeah, yeah, yeah. They just they took stopped, it out. They right? <laughs> stomped people. But you watch the Olympics now. It's close. I mean they're so what what Occurred is other countries built in programs to develop talent, and that's mm-hmm. how you get uh, Nikola Jokic, who's back-to-back MVP. Uh, Don- Doncic at Ginobili. Dallas, manage nobly, right? And so the rest of the world, sh- world will will create feeder programs yeah. to get players to that level where where the US, you know, I think in the last four Olympics they they didn't win two of them. Mm-mm. Other countries did, yeah. And you, so what I'm saying is, I think they dropped softball. Instead of what would naturally happen is the rest of the world would catch up to these yeah, girls. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I think – and that's what you're starting to see in soccer too. I mean the yeah. USA – they're still the – USA women's soccer team is still dominant. Yeah. But like they're, they're not winning games that they used to be winning by like 7-0. Oh, it's, like, Sweden, it's like Sweden, three. Yeah. It's like 3-1 now. Okay, mm-hmm. you know, it's still beating but it's not as like – you're kind of on the edge of your seat, like, hey, it's 2 1. We need
1: a goal. Like, we need a goal right now. The women didn't, like... They didn't win the last Olympics and they didn't mm-hmm. win the last World Cup. Teams like Sweden, Australia, yeah. Canada are getting much better. Yeah. I just, I just hate that you say we're taking away this opportunity from everybody yeah. because it's not competitive. It's like, come on. Yeah. I, Anyways, I, I, that was a whole nother wormhole <laughs> we digressed into there. But it's Jenny Finch. Jenny Finch, fantastic phenomenal collegiate woman,
0: career. Phenomenal athlete. Um. This one is a tradition, Penn State's whiteout. A lot of people have copied it, imitated it. Um, The the stadium is actually called the White House. You know what I mean? Like it's another nickname for for the Penn State's, like, stadium. Um, It's, again, 2004. The point was to just get the student section, but when the the coach came on and said, hey, we want to get everybody to wear whiteout, and I think that's amazing. Like, Mm. if you're a coach, I don't understand why every game you wouldn't call for a color call. Like, if I am Kirby Smart, I'm saying, hey, give us a red out. Give us a black out. Give us, give us, give us, you know what I mean? Like, a white out. Like, you have the power, man. Like, Mm -hmm. and fans will show up in that. It's insane. Like, Nebraska obviously does it all the time with the C red. But, like, at the same time, like, the whiteout is 107,000 fans just in white with pom-poms mm-hmm. shaking. Nothing's more
1: intimidating. And they, hearing that, and like, they usually reserve it for kind of a late season, night game, yeah, night game, yep. night game yep. whiteout, usually against Ohio State, Ohio or Michigan. State or Michigan, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's and I get
0: it. It's okay. You're not going to do it every single time, and you, to keep it special. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like abuse it, man. Like yeah. you should. You, I would. I'd be like, hey guys, this is a this is a whiteout
1: game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's noon. I don't care. We're white. It's hot for sure. <laughs> Um, okay, let me jump back to football then, mm-hmm. and a gentleman who's right over here over your left shoulder, Mr. <gasps> Vincent Young uh, had one of the first of all, the greatest national championship game ever. I think that it I think that <clears throat> it is now mm-hmm. now, the Alabama, Georgia game from a couple of years ago might rival it. There, you had that um, the Deshaun Watson Clemson Alabama game. That one might rival it, where, where Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson throws the pass, touchdown pass to Hunter Renfro at the last minute, wins right. the game. But for me, and maybe it's because I was younger, and it's a nostalgic thing. But that, oh, I that Texas over USC it was game, so good. I mean, you had USC was loaded. Like yeah, I mean, you got you got Matt Liner, Reggie Bush, Reggie Bush mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Uh, the receiver Mike Williams, Mike Williams and, yeah, I mean, like they were loaded. And, and so USC coming off of winning the national title the previous year, Texas and USC were 1-2 and two the entire year. Mm-hmm. The entire year. Both teams went undefeated. They were stomping people, except for one game for USC, commonly remembered as the Bush push, <laughs> when they beat Notre Dame and Matt Liner pushes Reggie Bush's yeah. butt into the end zone. Yeah, to score the which end. was against the rules at that time, but yeah. they did not call it. No. And uh, But anyways, Vince Young, uh, let's see here. We've got... Um, 3,036 yards, 26 touchdowns, passing. Now, that's just passing. Mm-hmm. Rushing, 1,050 yards, 12 touchdowns. He finished second in the Heisman he was running voting up to, to Reggie, Reggie Bush.
0: Bush. Yeah, he was running up to Reggie Bush. And that's what I'm saying. Like Reggie Bush was the best college player that year, but it was really close. Like, Vince Young could have easily won the Heisman. Yeah. And probably should have, but... Mm. Ha- but at the same time, Reggie Bush was a returner, a punt returner. He was all, he he played safety a couple times. Like
1: mm-hmm. he was doing it all. I think I think Bush should have won it the year before. When well, Matt Liner Matt Liner won it. Yeah. Matt Liner, I don't know. I don't, I don't I think Reggie Bush should have won it the year before. Yeah. And, then and then Vince, Vince Young, Young should have won it that Vince year.
0: Young's performance it it was almost like he wasn't playing defense, but he single-handedly yeah. won that
1: game for Texas.
0: Like Yeah. They were down, weren't they? Down like twenty-four nothing an hour, twenty-four
1: thirteen or something they, like that. They half. were down double digits yeah. for sure. And, and, and I mean, even in like the third quarter, everyone was like, "This game's the- over."
0: USC is the greatest, greatest mm-hmm. like football program of all time, like because they were rolling uh, teams for for two and a half years. They, like, Pete yeah. Carroll took over, and it was. Like the re- everything was in the rear-view mirror at that point. Well, and like. they were paying players, of course. Oh yeah, Although. I mean Reggie Bush <laughs> has got a free house.
1: Yeah, okay, cool. And they stole. <laughs> I'll never, I'll never <laughs> forget, and I'll never let this go. They stole the tremendous talent Lendale White out of Denver, away from Colorado. <laughs> Going to go to CU. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> you know, well, no, I, you guys had that five star recruit that came out, uh, the running back at the time, though.
1: He came in all the way,
0: Marcus Houston. Maybe I don't remember his name. No, no, that would have been later. He was, it was during uh, Hawkins, not uh, before Hawkins.
1: Yeah. Well, but by what people don't realize, and I'm fairly certain. So that he was this is pretty correct, solid. I'm fairly certain that this is correct. So fact check us and give me a comment yeah, here. Yeah, absolutely. Get, send us a comment if I'm wrong on this, but I'm fairly certain that Lyndale White is actually Chauncey Billups' cousin. Really? Yeah. Wow. I know that Lyndale White still actually
0: had the record for most touchdowns. Everybody thinks it was mm-hmm. Reggie Bush. No, it was Lundell White. It yeah. was it was the. They were vibrantly and thunder. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. the original. Yeah, it was basically like Thor's hammer.
1: Like, you but hammer are, one of one of the saddest thing. things, in my opinion, is the the flame out and the failure of Vince Young in the NFL. Yeah, I think you know people remember the Titans. Na- P- yeah, at the t- people will remember now Cam Newton you and, and how Lundell transcendent White. he was in yeah. college. Yeah, I think Vince Young was every bit as good as Cam Newton. And oh yeah, I just he had some mental health stuff. Mm-hmm. He had some. I don't know, but but anyways, tr- a tremendously incredible college, college career talent. for Vince Young. Absolutely. I'm going to stick with traditions here, and we're going uh, to
0: go with Rocky Top. So Tennessee's song, I can't stand it because they always score and they sing it. Um, it's the Rocky Top, so it's the, it's actually not the official Tennessee song. Um, but everybody everybody sings, <laughs> you know, so Felice Bryant wrote Rocky Top in 1967. University of Tennessee, was, uh, they got the rights to the song in 1970, and they've been singing it.
1: From the literally from Rocky Top ever since. You know what I think is really cool about the Tennessee games is that they come running out into that T, the, yeah. blo- the block T yeah, that they, they separate. They do with the band. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think that's kind of cool. or it's the
0: tunnel. Like like
1: to piggyback off that a tradition about
0: the Sea of Red Tunnel. So yeah. Nebraska comes out of that tunnel and mm-hmm. they like they make and it's just. Red everywhere. showmanship,
1: like, yeah, yeah, it's really and cool. it's and by the way, you ask players who play there, and it might be hard to think about now I with how it. long Nebraska's been bad, but it's intimidating to mm-hmm. be there. They had a streak of like twenty five years in a row, every game was sold out, and they get loud, like you're saying, sea of red. Oh yeah, they they go nuts because it's almost like there's
0: one there's one school that like calls them out, and they like answer like through the tunnel, like they have like Ugh. I forget the college, but like. They'll be like, they'll they'll do a chant, and then you'll hear from the tunnel the chant back, and then they roll out, and
1: you're just like, that's the coolest thing ever. Like it's giving me goosebumps talking about it. How about like, how about keeping with the sea of red conversation, a player that I I thought maybe should have won a Heisman at some point. Nebraska's Indomitian Sue, One of the dirtiest players of all time. <laughs> well, in the pros, possibly. Yeah. But he, uh, he at uh, defensive tackle, was a complete game wrecker. 85 tackles, 12 sacks, and an interception on his way to winning the 2009 Chuck Bednarik <coughs> Award and the Bronco Nagurski Award. Oh, yeah, Award. he was phenomenal. He finished fourth in the Heisman voting. And, man, I, I think he was another op- opportunity for a defensive player to win the Heisman Trophy. Oh yeah, he, he phenomenal. Um, another tradition that I'm going to go with is the
0: haka. Hawaii does it uh, every before every game. I think it's it's actually pretty intimidating if you've ever seen it. Um, it it's a bunch of dudes sticking their tongue sticking their tongue out as a, a form of intimidation. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not like you know anything bad, but it's it's them saying we're going to kill you basically. Yeah. Like it's a it's a dance that Shaka Zulu came up with back in the. You know, ancient days, Hawaiian warriors would do it. New Zealand warriors would do it before a battle. And they would get hyped up, like, who we were together. And they, like, they slap each other. Mm-hmm. like, and they, they, their chant is Jehu. Like, they're like, Jehu. And you're just like, yeah. And, like, it's, it's actually really cool. Well, it's, to like, see. it's warriors they're, it's warriors. Yeah. They're going to war. Yeah. Like, they're, mm-hmm. they're getting hyped up to
1: go to war. And it's, I think it's one of the coolest, like, pre dance rituals of all time. Oh, yeah. No question about mm-hmm. it. How about, Going back to women's athletics, how about the most, absolutely most dominant women's basketball player of all time in college basketball, mm-hmm. that being Brittany Griner, the intimidating force for the Baylor Bears. Yeah. Three-time All-American, two-time Naismith Player of the Year. She had two national championships at Baylor. Mm-hmm. I mean, just a, a, an immovable object. Oh, yeah. And a, and a really kind of pr- pretty finesse scorer. Well, yeah, she 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 could
0: dunk. And she was the mm-hmm. first woman that you were like... Whoa, you know what I mean? Yep. Like you saw her on TV, and you're like, "This woman is a four. like Well, it didn't happen. You thought at times she could probably play with the NBA. Like there was, oh. a, I mean, well, there were some people that thought that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I did. I was one of them. I was like, she might be able to hold her own. Like, you know, for a little bit, she yeah. might get like eight points, which is a lot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But
1: she was, uh, she was basically the Shaquille O'Neal of women's basketball. Uh-huh. Like you couldn't stop her. Yeah. To couldn't your point, I mean, some women, Cheryl Swoops, Candace mm-hmm. Parker had had dunked it before, but it was basically kind of like. Pushing the ball in. Yeah, no, she, she, she would get up got and like two hands. Mm-hmm. I think she might have been the first one to do two handed dunk. Right. Mm-hmm. Sticking with basketball, Anthony
0: Davis was one of the greatest uh, center since because center had kind of died off before he came. Right, like you didn't really think of centers as like these elite level athletic players. Anthony Davis, the the Unibrow brought it. National champion, like.
1: The, one one and done. I feel like people, sometimes we miss the mm-hmm. magic because it's yeah. like, well, they only played one season. Their stats are stacked up career-wise. Yeah. But in that one season... They only was... played one season to go to the NBA. I yep. mean, like, because mm-hmm. it's required. That's why. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: Like, mm-hmm. uh, I think it needs to be two years, personally. I think, I think they should extend it two years just because there's such a flood of NBA talent right now that they need to, like, kind of limit and water it down a little mm. bit because of all these super, you know, super teams, stuff like that. I feel like if they kept it they, they said college, you guys have to go a you know, minimum of two years. Even though they're ready right now,
1: mm-hmm. we know you're ready. You have to play college for two years. Uh, I think yeah. it would. I think it would spice up college basketball a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I I, I think I disagree with that. I, yeah. I mean, well, you have. Here's the thing. Now with NIL, mm-hmm. a player like Anthony Davis, would state, yeah. Well, they well they're going to make more money in NIL than if they go to the G League. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. It's yeah. not. You know some of the guys you mentioned, LeBron or whatever, who who miss college entirely. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is what it is. Yeah, they're going pro. They're Th- good but enough. But those
0: are unicorns. Like those are once in right. a generational talents. Like Kobe Bryant, honorable mentions. Kobe Bryant, LeBron James. Had they been in college, mm-hmm. they would have owned college. Yeah, Ryan Tracy Flatter, McGrady, T Mac. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, even even um, I just
1: mentioned the T Wolves guy K- oh, Kevin, Garnett. Kevin Garnett. Yeah, Kevin Garnett. Yeah, he would have owned it. Yeah, but here's what I'm saying though is is the the problem is not those guys. The problem is your best player on a team who maybe isn't one of the 12 best players in the country. Yeah. Say they're say they're 13 to 40 or something. Mm-hmm. What they, what they're doing now is they're leaving after one year and they're not playing in the NBA. They're playing in the G League. Yeah. Because they can make some money in the G League. Well, now with NIL, You're going to make more money if you stay in college. That's
0: why I'm really curious to see the players like Christian Braun. You know what I mean from Mm -hmm. Kansas, like who 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 said that he's going to. He'll probably be a first round pick, but it depends where he goes. I don't know if he's deciding if he's going to come back. And I was like, if I'm you, dude, like come back, yeah, I would go back. Like I just think, eh. but still, you're right. Like it's and that's why that's why we're so mad. We're not mad at NIL. We're mad at the NCAA for mishandling it and not giving it what it needs and giving the like you need a commissioner you flat out need a commissioner at the ncaa but moving on to traditions <coughs> howard's rock so clemson's rock and it's this for those of you that don't know it's just it's literally just a rock on a pedestal and it's down this hill and the players come out and they come out um elbow to elbow and they'll touch the rock before they hit the field and Dabo sweeney does like a big like you know Basically, like, sounds the horn, gets the fans hyped, slams the rock, and then sprints down, and then the rest of the players, you know, touch the rock as they come down. It was actually – the story behind the rock was um, Samuel C. Jones picked up the rock while traveling through Death Valley in the 1960s. He gave it to head coach Frank Howard. The the rock was eventually set up in the east end zone of Memorial Stadium, where it remains today. Howard, who coached Clemson for 30 years, if you're going to give me 110%, you can rub that rock. If you're not, keep your filthy hands off it. (laughs) The Tiger ride buses, and this is another tradition that the Clemson Tigers do. They ride, they get on the buses, and they roll the bus around the stadium, and they do I think they do it like twice or two or three times, and the fans like, they call them in, basically. This is another one where the fans get involved, and that's really cool. And they shake the bus, and the bus like, looks like it's about to flip over, mm-hmm. like no joke. Um, and then everybody, every player touches the rock and sprints in, and it's basically like Thirty seconds of the most exciting hype turn up you can get. Yeah, for in, in
1: college football at all. What I find interesting though is you have Howard's rock, uh, <laughs> and it's it's friend, coach Frank Howard. Mm-hmm. Clemson has had now had two coaches who have won a national title for them. Neither of them were named Frank Howard. <laughs> so I don't. I mean, you mentioned he was coaching there for thirty years, right? But he didn't win a national title. No, either. he he. Whatever. But it's, it's a long-standing rock. tradition. It's I mean, his rock, 50, 60 years <laughs> yeah. at this point. How about a player that can't be uh, forgotten, and that is Ron Dane, the Dane train. Oh man, still to this day, winner. So he played from nineteen ninety six to ninety nine. Still to this day, okay. Now this is what has almost the most kids and baby mamas. 20, <laughs> That's 20, the rumor. Twenty-five years or or whatever, almost thirty years mm-hmm. standing. Now he still to this day has the NCAA record for career rushing yards: seven thousand one hundred and twenty-five yards. He won that nineteen ninety yeah. uh, nine Heisman Trophy. You are talking about. Mm-hmm. And that year, he rushed for. 3, oh, 3, he, was, he was a four. I saw one of the –
0: so ESPN will show like an old bowl game. And mm-hmm. like obviously the premises like one or two players was really good. Ron Dane was on that and it was like – it was the last regular season game. They gave him the ball 20 times in a row. Yeah. They didn't throw the ball yeah. for mm-hmm. 20 straight plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just him. And, and he defenses was a man. would load the box. He was and... a man among boys. Yeah, mm-hmm. Like he could not be stopped. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. And he was actually – he became a Bronco later on in his career, um, which was really cool. Get a chance to see him, but like, you know, when you peak that early, mm. you you know you're you're not gonna get to the next level potentially. Like, you know, you peak. This yeah. is as good as you He had a little be.
1: more than a cup of coffee yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, I think he did better in the NFL than like Vince Young. Oh yeah, but not much. Not much. I mean, he no, wasn't a boss. Like he but had he, the most.
0: Yeah, but the rumor is like he's got like he's got like nine baby mamas. <laughs> so yeah. Um. God bless him. Good for him. Good for him. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh.
0: Um, I would like to do the – next, I want to talk about Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, I think the Pittsburgh wide receiver was – and I'm kind of going to probably go on a string of wide receivers during the next next – couple guys um but larry fitzgerald was phenomenal i thought he probably should have won the heisman or he he was in contention for the heisman Mm -hmm. i don't remember who won it that year jason white quarterback from oklahoma
1: okay he should underwhelming yeah
0: larry fitzgerald should have won it uh came in the nfl and took it by storm like changed receiver position Mm -hmm. people i remember the most iconic catch he had as an arizona cardinal in the super bowl he was crying after he scored the touchdown because it was like, it was a, it was like curl and he just broke the, he broke right the, down corner, the middle right down mm-hmm. the middle and it was wide open. Yeah. Like, you're just like, all right, like, how good are you? And it was, you thought that that was the touchdown. Uh, that was the touchdown that should have won the Super yeah. Bowl, but it unfortunately didn't happen. And people
1: forget <clears throat> a quarterback for the Cardinals, Kurt Warner,
0: <laughs> the old grocery kid. Yeah. yeah. Man, he's and got they a have new a documentary on him
1: out. as well, mm-hmm. which I
0: thought was really cool. But, yeah, Larry Fitz giving some love to Third him.
1: most receiving touchdowns at the time mm-hmm. in NCAA history, Larry Fitzgerald. Ah, phenomenal, phenomenal player. And he's, from everyone I've heard of, heard from, he's a phenomenal guy. A good guy Stand-up in the community. Up Stand-up yeah. guy. Uh, people can't stop talking about him, yeah. honestly, which is really cool. What do you got? Um, I, I mean, Ty Detmer, quarterback at BYU. Okay. BYU has... Actually, a kind of a storied history of great quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had um, the quarterback for the Browns, McMahon, Jim McMahon. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know. Steve Young was quarterback at BYU. He was. And, the, and that the third quarterback in that trilogy, in that sequence, was Ty Detmer, who yeah. won the uh, Heisman Trophy in 1990. Mm-hmm. Uh, in three seasons he became the NCAA all-time passing yards leader at the time. Wow. Fifteen thousand thirty-one yards. He's still to this day number five all time. That's amazing. Um the I'm gonna do one more player and it's because
0: I just don't think you can top him. Calvin Johnson from Georgia Tech, who came from and you could Demarius Thomas also came from this tree as well. But Georgia Tech at the time ran at triple option offense. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Calvin Johnson was a top 10 overall pick, he only ran, he only did one thing at the combine ran a 40 and that was it. He said, I'm only going to run the 40. Everybody else knows what they need to see. Mm-hmm. He still has like a bunch of records for Georgia tech, I think, but they don't, they never threw the ball. But the fact that you had a receiver go in the first round mm-hmm. from a triple option offense mm-hmm. says all you need to say, had a phenomenal career in Detroit. Um, honestly, him and Matt Stafford, the fact that they weren't able to win more than probably two playoff games, Games, I think, in their tenure. It just goes to show you how much of a dumpster Detroit Lions well, are.
1: Barry Sanders couldn't get it done there. Either. No,
0: but that's what I'm saying. They don't draft outside of dra- They have amazing players, yeah. but
1: they just don't draft anybody else. And you're like, what yeah. are you doing? Yeah, when you think about it, Barry Sanders, probably, pro- not probably, definitely the greatest running back in college football Oklahoma history. State, yeah. State. Phenomenal. And then, and then Calvin Johnson, one of the best wide receivers. Mm-hmm. And, at the, and, and, and the same uh, uh, organization can't, get it done. Like I just, it's I just, Detroit. I, I feel bad for Detroit fans because your organization is just awful. It's yeah. They need to sell the team, but last one, last one. Okay. How about <laughs> let's go with a more recent one. Uh, and he just, Proved that he's ready to be a pro this year, taking the Cincinnati Bengals all the way to the Joe Super Burrow. Bowl. Joe Burrow. Joe <laughs> Burrow in one season. Again, another situation. You have one season. He throws for 5,671 so yards good. and 60 touchdowns for LSU. Pro- probably I the greatest single season we've ever seen a quarterback have. Mm-hmm. That team was maybe one of the best college football teams ever. For one
0: year, Yep, yeah, Edo got what he wanted. Yeah. Um got fired the next year unfortunately but he yeah. caught lightning in a bottle with he joe did. burrow no, uh, the no fact question. That, and i was i wasn't a believer i was like if you have a kid that can't do this for can't show signs of being good for mm-hmm. two three years he bounced around a little bit mm-hmm. went to started at ohio state he, transferred was, a backup, out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he
1: was a backup to Dwayne haskins <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> okay and then to justin field why more Jason recently now coach. <laughs> but 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 in that year 2019 i believe it was Burrow hit the trifecta. He won the Heisman, mm-hmm. won the National and Championship, phenomenal. and won overall. And number
0: one overall. Yeah, it was phenomenal. Can't can't speak enough. I, like I said, I wasn't a believer of Joe Burrow. I thought he was just – I was like, okay. And I'm in the mindset where I, uh, if you're already here, you're not going to get much better. Mm-hmm. He took another leap. That I, midseason game – It's unfortunate game. that he
1: got hurt his rookie year. Yeah, it's that, very unfortunate. That midseason game, mm-hmm. if you remember, when they played at Alabama – Oh, it, and it was on kind of it was like maybe 3 o'clock nobody was expecting that and and I remember watching it with my wife and my mm-hmm. wife was like LSU's gonna win this and I was like you never bet against Alabama <laughs> Ever, <laughs> yeah, the, I'm in the same mindset too And I mean, they, until you see them lose you're like oh well, I'm shocked and they mm-hmm. beat them and it was like okay this yeah. is now the team to beat
0: mm-hmm. LSU took the world by storm literally um, but this has been a lot of fun thank you guys so much for joining us uh, it was traditions it was a there's a million other traditions we didn't list, a million other players we didn't list. That's okay because you can do the homework on your own. You know what I mean? Hit us back with comments. I'm sure throughout this yeah, season, who do we forget? Who do you want us to talk about? Oh man, yeah, let us know because we can go in depth on them play on the players too. If you want us to do a list of like top running backs, top receivers, quarterbacks, um, top shortstops, third baseman, it doesn't matter. College sports is forever, always instilled in our blood, your blood, um, but this has been right on cue this has been the Fast section Podcast thank you guys so much my name is Alan that is Tyson and we are out